Support for today's show comes from Deloitte. What does the future look like? By melting business acumen and innovative technology, Deloitte can help you build the future only you can imagine. They can help engineer solutions for your business reality today and your vision for tomorrow to get you to a world where you don't just dream it, you build it. See how you can engineer advantage with Deloitte at Deloitte.com slash US slash engineering advantage. Wow, that guy means business. Just an amazing player. No, not him, the sports photographer behind him. Uh, what? He has a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where he earns 5% annual percentage yield, so he's scoring big on and off the field. You might even say he's the MVB. MVB? The most valuable business. Making your money work harder. That's how you business differently. Intuit QuickBooks. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes are in APY. APY can change at any time. Hey, everybody. It's Neil Life from The Vergecast. On this week's interview episode, we're in-house, in the building, brought in Peter Kafka from Recode Media. Peter is one of the smartest people I know reporting on the media industry. So we talked about what else, what Apple announced with Apple News Plus, Apple TV Plus, their streaming bundles or services push, how they're going to compete against Netflix, Disney Plus, Warner Plus, all the things that are happening in the world. Broke it down. We decided who's going to go 90 and who's not. Super interesting conversation. Really fun to talk to Peter. I've wanted him on the show forever. Check it out. All right, we're here with Peter Kafka. Hello. It's a real honor. It's an honor to be here. It's an yeah. honor to be invited. It's funny because you're on the Vergecast, but then we're going to run this on your show. So technically, I'm, it's on, a crossover I'm up. on Recode Media right now. This is like uh, Happy Days meets Joni Chachi. What's a, what's a more current version of that? Uh, you're Captain America. And you're Spider-Man. Yeah. What's <laughs> yeah. up, bro? The kid who doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, that's right. Big Apple event. It was a week ago. It was a week it's ago. It's so long ago now. But you went. I didn't go. Yeah. You went. Yeah. You were... At the Steve Jobs Theater. Yeah, you bigfoot of the Apple event by not going to the Apple event. I a, f- a flex, as they call it. It was a little bit of a flex. Uh, I had a strong inkling that it would be a lot of sitting through TV show trailers. Yeah, and you're, I was you, you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. You got that wrong. Uh, there were, in fact, no TV show trailers. Yeah, but they announced two things. Uh, that you, uh, I just think of you as the the smartest person I know about this. Yeah, story. yeah, more. Peter, you're so you're, you're amazing. Yeah, 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 you're wonderful. Yeah. They announced two things that I, I think you have a lot of insight on, and I want to pick your brain about. And then I have just like a lot of emotions yes. that I think would be entertaining yes. for your for your audience on media. But you told me right before you went, I've been covering Apple's attempts to make TV for a decade. Yes. So I want to talk about that and where they are. But I want to start with the other one, which is Apple News Plus, which is just for my use of it over the past week a deeply weird product that has scared a lot of media people, and I kind of don't get it. Can you explain it to me? Do you want to talk about what it is or what it used to be? It's actually the same thing, really. <laughs> it's the same thing. This, again, goes back a decade or so. This is around the time of the iPad. All the magazine publishers are worried about getting iTuned. They saw what happened to the music business where Steve Jobs came in and said, these $15 bundles of CDs you sell, we're going to sell them for a dollar a song, and we're going to blow up your industry. And they said, we're not going to let that happen. We're going to control the means of production and distribution. We're going to get together all the big magazine publishers, Meredith at the time, Time Inc., Hearst, Condé Nast, News Corp, weirdly, all got together, made a JV and said, we're going to put all our magazines into this thing, and you can subscribe for, I don't know, 15 bucks a month and get all our magazines. And they made that thing, and no one used it. Yeah. And that sat there forever. Eventually, it was called, it was rebranded multiple times. Eventually, it was called Texture, and then Apple bought it a year ago. Yeah. 
and again, it's crucial to remember that they paid the magazine publishers for this thing. I think KKR was an investor at some point as well. Cut to last week. It's now rebranded as Apple News Plus. So it's that same product. The Apple guys will tell you they redid the actual mm -hmm. mechanics of the product, but it's the same thing. It's all the magazines you can ever read for now 10 bucks a month. And there is also now the Wall Street Journal and the LA Times and a few other publishers, including Vox.com. Yeah, available there. Important disclosure. Oh, you, but you, Brinkhood's part of Vox. Uh, I get it. I don't, I, I, I'm always like I, I don't, sister site. I, I just say yeah. owned by Vox Media, which owns yeah. this website, which generally covers it. Yeah, right. So that's the product. So ten bucks a month, you can read anything that's in New York Magazine, the New Yorker, in the in the print editions. Not the websites generally. Mm -hmm. You can read basically everything that's in the Wall Street Journal with some caveats. It works okay. Uh, so here, that's that's my disagreement. Yeah. I think- It depends on what you want out of it. I think it works okay is a low bar for a new Apple service. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. It's, uh, a, it's for, here's how I would say it. If you are a casual, if you are someone who likes to read a lot, but casually- like you like to open up an app and be presented with stuff. It's pretty good. It's good for browsing. And if you are someone who, for instance, subscribes to The New Yorker, that works okay too. If you like reading The New Yorker deeply and you want to read all the web stuff, that's not going to work for you. If you want to deeply dive into The Wall Street Journal, that's not going to work for you. There's very limited search there. Mm -hmm. It's hard. You have to sort of know what you want to get or be presented with it. But if you are someone who periodically reads a GQ story a month and a New York magazine a month, New York Magazine Story Month, et cetera, you can see how that, that proposition might work for you, the casual magazine reader. You know, what's interesting is I think most of those people, their discovery happens on Twitter. This is why I think it's it's a very low bar. It works okay in the sense that you can pay Apple the money yeah, and then this app will be signed in and then some things will happen on it. But most people who are hitting those paywalls were like, I just wish I could pay some money and see all these paywall articles that I can't read. There is no connection to their primary discovery. Yes, you would have to go, oh, I wanted to read that New Yorker dinosaur article yep. that I've heard is great. So if you get a Twitter link to it, that won't work. You'll have to remember that it's available in the app and then go and then dig it bad up. So there's, there's the extra steps to get there. If you could just say, like, I have this link, Apple News, do you have it? If your phone, for example, yeah. which is wholly controlled by Apple. Now, maybe they'll get to it or maybe they want it to be kind of a crippled product. That's a good question to ask. Yeah. And then the other piece of it that just kills me is... We work for a very digital media company. Yeah. I think most of our audience doesn't realize that most of our print competitors, print colleagues, actually still have newsrooms divided between print and online, or they have publishing methodologies divided between print and Right. Online. And periodically they'll say, we're getting rid of the silos. Yeah. And you're like, we still have silos? It's 2019? Yeah. But you do. But employees at Condé Nast all over the place are tweeting, if you want all of the New Yorker, you gotta, you still got to pay us because nothing that we publish online is going to hit this app. That's right. And that, that to me is just like mind-blowing legacy magazine stuff. Like, yeah. I, I just like don't understand it. Yeah, but this cuts to the core thing, right? Do, do the, does the New Yorker, does Condé Nast, does Hearst, does Meredith, would they prefer that you get a subscription directly through them? They keep all the money instead of cutting that money in half and then cutting it up multiple times. That's what happens right now. Uh, obviously, they'd prefer that you sell directly, that you buy something from them directly. What they are saying is we don't think we're selling a whole lot more subscriptions. Yeah. And we think Apple can sell millions and millions and millions of subscriptions, and we would have a small piece of a very big pie than that big, small, than have that pie to ourselves, and it's a tiny pie. Yeah. This is kind of the economics debate about it. I just got an email from a publishing executive who says, I don't understand why people haven't done the math on this. It's great for a magazine. <laughs> and it may be. I mean, you can do some very rough 
back of the envelope stuff. Apple Music has sold 50 million subscriptions. It's an okay product. It's mostly because Apple has pushed it out. Let's say they say 25 million of these subscriptions over, I don't know, however many years they get to that. It's worldwide. It's English language. I don't know. Maybe it's less than that. But if you get to 25 million, if I have done my math correctly, that's $1.5 billion to be divided by the participating publishers. Yeah. Sounds like a lot, but then you've got to divide that by hundreds of publishers. Would they be better off selling individual subscriptions? Absolutely. And the bigger question is, are they going to prevent, are they going to entice me to not subscribe to the New Yorker directly and get the Apple News product directly? You can get the Apple News product instead. And I think they might. Yeah. That seems very dangerous. So I think this cuts to kind of the big debate around the the newspaper sides. And I think this is also for most mainstream consumers, the idea that newspapers and magazines are different beasts. Right. They're not. The They're just a thing you click on. It's crazy. But yet they consider themselves different. So all the magazine publishers are in there. They, they're doing the math you're doing. They think they're going to win. And and again, they've already been paid once by Apple. Yeah. That's important to remember this. They've already gotten a big check. We don't know how big, but they got money from Apple already. They're already in. Yeah. That's great. So they're enticed. But Apple famously cannot get the New York Times, the Washington Post. Eddie Q is – He's, he's doing his thing. He's trying to get the deal. He can't get the deal from the two big newspapers that you think of. It's a hard no from them. And the Wall Street Journal, they're, they're taking the prime spot. They're the lead paper of this thing in the LA Times, which we'll see what the new guy does. Yeah. It seemed, another billionaire has bought another paper. We'll see what happens. But the Wall Street Journal is taking the prime spot. And everyone's like, why would the journal take this deal that the Times and the, the Post won't? Right. My sense of it is that they have not been competing on the national level. There's an election season about to start. And they're, they're just going to take the exclusivity and get some traffic and exposure and maybe some dollars. And all the hedge funders who are going to subscribe to the journal anyway are going to keep subscribing to the journal. Yes. If you read between the lines, what Apple and the journal are saying is we don't think this product is competitive with the $30, $40 a month thing we sell to our business executives who are subscribing, which is another way of saying this isn't really a great product if you really want to read the Wall Street Journal. And I wouldn't come out and say that, but that's kind of what they're saying. What they say publicly is we're going to surface general interest stories that would appeal to the Apple News subscriber as opposed to the Wall Street Journal subscriber. We're going to focus on those. Um, you'll be able to get everything that's in the journal. But again, you have to really go hunt for it and find it. Uh, search is very difficult. And after three days, these stories go away. So if you're using the Wall Street Journal for utility, less good. If you're just, oh, here's a random article from this thing called the Wall Street Journal that I haven't heard of or don't normally read. It works for you. And then weirdly or interestingly, the journal is going to hire 50 more journalists <laughs> um, to create content yeah. for Apple News Plus. So again, they'll be in this weird little sector of the journal. So I assume other journal journalists will look down their noses at them. Um, and they'll all aspire to get into the real Wall Street Journal. But we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But they're going to write stuff that is meant for the Apple News audience, i.e. a general news audience. That seems weird. Yeah. It seems like maybe you could take those 50 slots and do other things with them if you were the journal. but Especially as election coverage. But say. you would have to know what Rupert Murdoch and Eddie Q are thinking. I feel like we've all learned a really important lesson about depending on other people's platforms for monetization with Facebook. Uh, and maybe maybe the Wall Street Journal has not. Look, I mean, or, or you say, look, we, we're going in eyes wide open. We all know what can happen. We will take some money up front and we will not build a business around it. But if, we'll, if we can hire 50 more journalists, great. Hopefully the bet that we'll build a business under them that will sustain it. And if not, we move on. Yeah. I mean, that was the eyes wide open argument about Facebook as well. And 
I feel like that. Yeah, I think with Facebook, everyone who said their eyes were wide open were still kidding themselves because there was a lot of like, well, obviously, if Facebook is going to value name the publication. Um, we're very important to them. Obviously, Facebook needs this stuff. And you could easily argue, no, they don't. They need cat pictures or anything. I don't think anyone is saying Apple needs this stuff. They're saying, look, Apple wants this stuff and they're willing to pay us for it. Let's let's hit the bid, Yeah, as the Wall Street guys say. That's amazing. Well, speaking of Facebook, you actually broke a story yesterday. Facebook's going to start paying for news in a new tab new, in Facebook. This is the new, new news strategy yeah. from Facebook. And they've been they've been saying they don't want to do news forever. Yeah. Campbell Brown, their head of news, is out there saying, you're on your own. Like, don't depend on us. Right. Very well, clear we want to work with you, but don't count on us. But now there's an Apple News. We're going to pay you 50%. Facebook is saying, maybe we'll just pay you directly yeah. to put stuff in Facebook if we like you enough. Is that a reset? Is that a repivot? Is that Mark Zuckerberg trying to get people to like him again? So this is something Campbell Brown, who is their news partnership person, has been pushing for. Chris Cox, who's the outgoing product guy, he liked it too. He's kind of a news junkie. Mark Zuckerberg's, I think, confused about news. Um, he'll say he likes it. Sometimes I think he doesn't like it. I think people in Facebook were a little surprised, frankly, that he came out and said, this is something we're doing. So that's interesting. I think there's still a debate within Facebook between the product side and other folks because the product guys look at this and go, how does this help us? Yeah. The why is Facebook doing it? I'm not quite sure. The the what it's supposed to be it seems kind of clear. This will be a tab. It'll be dedicated to news. It'll have either full stories or at least excerpts from stories. And the people who put that stuff in there are going to get money from Facebook, either a direct fee or maybe some sort of ad share with a minimum guarantee. Yeah. This sounds a lot like a Facebook watch. Yes. This is the analogy Mark Zuckerberg used when describing it. Facebook watch, in my, in my estimation, another deeply failed product, but you're saying they think it's a good I'm going to quote from Mark Zuckerberg oh, no. directly. I happen to have it on my phone. Yeah. Quote, one of the things that's really worked, and remember, Mark doesn't really speak extemporaneously, so <laughs> they've thought this through. This comes out of like a, a half hour long conversation yeah. with the CEO of Axel Springer, but Mark's not like, you know, yeah. he's not freelancing here. Quote, one of the things that's really worked over the last year or two as we launched this watch product for videos People weren't getting all the video that they wanted in a news feed and could go to a place, comma, a dedicated space, comma, to get video. And because that has started to grow really quickly, and that's a lot of video that now people use through our services, we've decided that there is really an opportunity to do something like that with news as well. That's wow. straight from the horse's mouth. Facebook Watch is, is successful, thus this will be as well. I do not know a single person who uses Facebook Watch. It's a weird product. I mean, Facebook is constantly telling you to watch something on Facebook Watch. I'm still confused about when if I watch a video in the feed, if that counts as a Facebook Watch. And periodically, Facebook will come out with a stat saying every single person in the known universe is watching yeah. a Facebook Watch video. But yes, uh, anecdotally, it doesn't seem like this stuff is working. Facebook Watch and IGTV seem like two big bets where – I think this is true of Apple too. Facebook, Apple, Google, these companies are all so big, they accidentally succeed a lot with bad products. Yes, through sheer sheer size and weight, right? You can yeah. force this stuff to work at least to limited degrees. Like if Apple converts 1% of the known iPhone users to Apple News, they will be the biggest news service in the world. This is the Apple argument, by the right. way. We have 1.2 billion, 1.4 billion users. We're going to convert some small percentage of them to subscribers. This will be a giant service. And I, so to me, you know, like I'm using this app. I'm like, if an independent developer showed this to me, this is actually true. Uh, before Apple News was Apple News, it was some indie product, yeah. like authoring product. And I, they, they showed it to me. I was like, this is pretty bad. And they're like, we know. We're going to make it better. And they sold it to Apple. And Apple's like, this is basically the same thing. But it's huge. It's the biggest news reader on the planet. 
And I that to me, not to get totally sidetracked, the argument to, to force these companies to unbundle in some way, if the they, they would, they would, they would, they, they get away with making bad product just through sheer weight. Yeah, yeah. Facebook Watch is like a sort of non-entity. And then if there's something that was better, it doesn't get to work because it's crushed by the giants. There's, yep. there's probably a good argument for that. Yeah, it's like the the fact that do you read the Joe Pompeo story in Vanity Fair? Like sure. everyone's like terrified of, and I'm like, this app is a PDF reader. Right. It, it's like it's, in it's it, the fundamental the, form. The Apple argument, which holds a lot of weight, is it's in your hand. Yep. This is the Oprah line. Billion from, pockets. Billion y'all. pockets, y'all. Right. And again, uh, Apple Music is not a great service. It's a fine service, but it's not better than Spotify. It doesn't have more subscribers than Spotify. But it started late, and Apple got to 50 million subscribers because they put it in everyone's hands and said, "Here's a free three month subscription." If you start using it, by the way, you're going to end up clicking buttons, which says you're now a subscriber. They're not tricking you, but they're making it very, very easy to subscribe. And for a lot of people, that's good enough. Mm-hmm. And you know, the Spotify guys will happily tell you that they also make it harder for you to subscribe to Spotify. True that. The publishers won't complain if mm-hmm. Apple News Plus is half as successful as as, Spotify, as Apple Music has been. Yeah. That will be a big pile of subscribers they weren't going to reach already. They basically conceded, look, this thing we were afraid of happening, of us getting screwed by Apple – it's already happened. We just didn't get screwed by Apple. We just got screwed by the internet. Yeah. So we'll take it now. Let's take that argument because it's working for the publishers who no one's making money, right? So f- fine. Mm-hmm. This seems good. That same argument for television. Yeah. Let's switch gears and talk about that. It hasn't worked for Apple at all because the TV guys have been making money. And if they're not making enough money, they can just sell themselves to a telco, <laughs> fire everybody and make even more money. I mean, I have literally sat with Apple and they have told me. Eventually, Netflix is going to have to come into this TV app because we'll just have everybody. Yeah. And that is just abundantly not true. Should, that, we, should we back up and talk about what the what the app is? Yeah. Let's, let's start. What is, what is the TV? You were there. I wasn't there. So I was drunk in Miami. Uh, what, what happened? Well, there's two things, yeah. which is extra confusing. And used to be, used to say this is very unappily, and now maybe it sort of is appily to give a confusing keynote. Yeah. So there's one product called, I don't know, TV. Yeah, there's, there's the box, the Apple TV. Well, there's the Apple TV box. There's the Apple TV app. App, yeah. which also works on your box, but it also sits on your phone, and it's Same essentially it's, it's a TV guide. Yeah, which by the way seems like a pretty good idea, right? If you look at a world where the bundle has been broken up, or there's lots of different places to get video, it'd be great to have one place that has all of them. Who controls that real estate? That's a big, expensive question. But as a user, that makes sense to me. I'd like to know where all my stuff is and what I can watch. Uh, That's what Apple has tried to build. There is also a storefront component to it, right? A big part of the Apple video strategy here is to get you to subscribe to HBO or Showtime or Stars or CBS and for Apple to take a cut of that subscription. I think that is, by the way, more important to them than whatever subscription service they are eventually going to launch. Then there is this other thing. I don't know. What's it called? Apple TV Plus? Apple TV Plus. Question mark. Yeah. Uh, and this is the thing that we still don't know what it is, but it's going to have some TV shows and maybe a few movies and people like J.J. Abrams and Steven Spielberg and Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon and Oprah Winfrey are all involved in some way. And Let's they were not all forget that Oprah is also mysteriously doing a book club that has book club. details. That part makes sense, actually. Does it? Yeah. It's like the one thing there wasn't already a press release about. Yeah. Well, they were mysterious about it when they announced the Oprah thing. Yeah. They didn't say she's making a TV show. They said something, something media and sort of yeah. left a question mark around it. Uh, so they're going to have stuff that you can watch and you may or may not pay for it. They're describing it as a subscription service. I don't think they're actually going to charge you actual money for it. I think it's going to get bundled in some way. Yeah. Um, I don't think they can charge you for it. If they do, it'd have to be so small because compared to what you're going to get from Netflix or HBO or Disney Plus – 
it's, you know, maybe 30 shows, but a couple shows a month. I, I don't think you can charge people for that. Yeah. But we'll see. So that's what they announced. <laughs> now, the Apple TV, the, 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 TV, the TV box obviously existed. The TV guide has been around for a couple of years. This was sort of their, because we can't do the thing we want to do, we're doing this TV guide instead strategy. That was, what was a couple years old. They, they wanted to get a, they wanted to put together their own bundle of TV channels mm-hmm. and sell them to you, which now is something that many people, Google, Hulu, Slang, Sony is still in this business, AT&T, are all doing various forms of this. Apple wanted its own form. They wanted a specific set of channels and a specific price point. They could never get it. Why couldn't they? That's actually one thing I don't understand. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't they just pay the money and get what they wanted? Ever, it seems like everyone else can get the same basic deal. Apple will tell you they wanted a specific deal. They wanted it at you know, 25 or 30 bucks. They basically wanted to take sports out of the bundle. Mm-hmm. So this really comes down to Disney primarily. Uh, Disney has ESPN. ESPN is sort of the key of Disney and the key of the bundle. And Disney for years and years and years has resisted separating ESPN out from the rest of its stuff. Kind of if it, yeah. if it goes, then everything goes. Maybe it will go one day, but it hasn't gone yet. And so that seemed to be the major sticking point. Some of the other networks I've been told had already signed on to Apple yeah. to, to do a skinnier bundle. And Eddie Q just won't he's, – he's not launching without Disney channels. He's not launching without Disney channels, but he doesn't want to take ESPN as sort of a base, base yeah. part of it. He wanted to make that an add-on. Now, maybe there's more complex stuff, but that seems to be where it broke. If you go look at the other bundles everyone else is selling, they all pretty much replicate what you would normally get through Comcast or Charter. You pay 40, 50-ish bucks a month. You get this many channels. It kind of looks the same thing. So Apple is – they weren't able to launch this sort of over-the-top channels, linear streaming thing. Right. There are sats PS View, right? It didn't happen for them. So they said, okay, we're going to spend a billion dollars on Oprah and Steven Spielberg and Jennifer Aniston. We're going to make 30 shows. That will just be like a sweetener. Yep. And then you're going to now start using this TV app. And the real money is going to come from Showtime. That's what I believe. Yeah. When and if they eventually announce pricing, I think it'll become clearer. Mm-hmm. Everyone sort of wants to describe this in shorthand as a Netflix killer. Again, Netflix is 10 to 20 bucks, depending on what you're getting. And you're getting, you know, Triple Frontier and Friends. You're getting Triple Frontier plus whatever new shows yeah. Netflix is making. Plus, and this is the key, a bunch of old stuff, whether it's Friends or old movies or old TV shows. And that's why even if you don't like Triple Frontier, which is a thoroughly mediocre but also <laughs> entertaining movie, uh, it doesn't matter because there's a bunch of other stuff there. And so you feel like you're getting 10 bucks worth of value yeah, each people month. People live their entire life in Netflix. Right. And you don't even have to love everything you're watching. It's just there. Yeah. It's kind of like TV, right? It's just like flipping through the cable channel. Right, which is why Netflix won't disaggregate its content from its interface. Right. Like like we have the bundle. We've it. basically made a bundle for you. It's just one channel. It's one little box. Yeah. You live in here. So that works really well for Netflix. And it's hard to imagine someone saying, I will pay as much as I'm paying for Netflix or Hulu or any of these other competitive service for a Jennifer Aniston show. Even if, by the way, if that show is great. Yeah. Then you just buy the one individual show. It's it's hard to imagine them com- coming out with a competing, compelling service, which is why I think they're going to add, throw this in to iPhone owners to people who buy a bigger bundle of stuff. We yeah. You can imagine what else could go in an Apple bundle, right? It seems like the, the bundle that's coming is just start paying us monthly for an iPhone. We'll give you a new iPhone every 18 months. Which I'm already doing. Right. I'm right. Already, so we'll just like raise that price a little bit and you get this suite of services just sort of bundled in your iPhone price. Yeah. And there's Jennifer Aniston. So look, so they've got news. They've got music. They're going to have something, something video. There's a game service that no one seems to care about. 
but that's interesting. The Virgin audience cares about the game service. I care about it. It could be cool. I'm paying them monthly for iCloud storage. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to, but eventually they made me. So that's, I think, three bucks a month there. classic Apple nickel and dime. I'm sure I'm paying for Apple Care. You can sort of see how they could mix and match those bundles, and maybe it gets interesting. And somewhere in there, there's a video thing that you're ostensibly paying for. And maybe, and yeah, maybe you could buy it on your own, but I don't think that's what they intend. Yeah. But keeping 30-ish percent of your Showtime monthly subscription, that could be a lot of money for them. I mean, it just really seems like how do you stabilize iPhone sales? How do you keep people locked in this ecosystem? And then how do you how do you add yourself some upsell opportunities along the way? Yeah. And then, and then the, you know, then this has been covered by you guys and me, but I think them showing up on Samsung TVs and on Roku players and on Fire TVs, yeah, right? Amazon, awesome. which is the, one of the great frenemies for them. They're now saying, look, we are going to, we, we are so interested in building up this service business. We're going to go work with people we compete against. Yeah. It's fascinating. The more you look at it, the more they're turning into Amazon in that way, right? They're, these are Amazon moves inside, the, like, how does Amazon make money in the Fire TV? They sell you cuts of channels. Yeah, or Microsoft, right? Yeah. I mean, everyone has always distributed their stuff widely, except for Apple. Apple's the one who's contained it. And that's why, like, you know, iTunes coming to Windows or something was a big deal at the time. Now yeah. it seems, of course, it would be there. But I, at the time, it was a giant deal. It was a big deal. I just, I keep thinking about Johnny Ive holding a Roku remote and looking at the mock-up of his The Roku remote, <laughs> which is fugly. Or, by the way, the Roku home screen, which is just full of crap. Yeah. And there's ads, and it's really hard to move around. But I bought a TCL TV from yeah. Costco last summer, and it's got Roku built on it. And I've, uh, I still have the Apple TV box, and I use the Roku TV interface much more just because it's there. And Apple's saying, yeah, all right, fine. We'll, we'll, we'll give fish it. where the fishes are. Google is this all the time. Actually, this Come look at our design process. Like, Apple's not giving anybody... Matt Panzerino is not going to Apple to watch Johnny Ive design the Roku app. <laughs> like they're, they're gonna fart that thing out. They're gonna pretend it doesn't like, exist. We're gonna do this in a shed and no one can see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Do you think it's gonna work? The TV thing in particular. I don't know. It's interesting that they have gotten so little traction from the TV app to begin with. Because yeah. what they're do what a lot of this is is them saying essentially this TV app thing that we came out with in 2016, that's a non-starter. That is not working. If it was working, we wouldn't have to sort of refurbish it and spend billions of dollars on content to, to make it look cool and sexy. So will adding Jennifer Aniston and Steven Spielberg and Oprah, I don't know, man. Making content is hard. Making yeah. TV shows is hard. People who are really good at it fail most of the time. Amazon. That's what Amazon has kind of failed at it. There's yeah. a couple good shows, but they've had like exactly yeah. turnover, right? Yeah. It turns out in retrospect that they weren't really paying attention to the billions of dollars they spent, which is not something I thought I would say about a Jeff Bezos operation. But they yeah. were just kind of throwing it in the, the money hole in the classic way that like outsiders come to Hollywood and, and get rooked and, and get seduced by hanging out in the red carpet. It actually turns out that's Amazon. Yeah which is not a thing I thought I would say, but it turns out to be the case. But yeah, they initially had found some hits. Or for, actually, they initially started off and made a bunch of shows you've never watched and then and then stumbled their way into a couple small hits and are now trying to do something at bigger scale. But you know, again, the people who are best at this, the CBSs and Disneys and NBCs, they get it wrong all the time. So the idea that Apple's going to have 30 shows, maybe a couple of them will be wildly successful. Maybe. Yeah. I also wonder, you know, there's the stories about Tim Cook asking why all the shows are so mean and yeah. like sort of Apple executive meddling in the shows. Amazon, just by way of comparison, had like a couple scandals around its shows. Like Transparent had a pretty solid scandal yep. around it. 
Yeah, the guy who run the guy who ran Amazon's video thing got got me tooed out. Yeah, right price. So you could argue that Amazon wasn't paying nearly enough attention to how that process was working, which is quite believable. They could spend billions of dollars and not spend that much attention in retrospect because they were focused on other stuff, whether it's shooting rockets into space or yeah. buying Whole Foods or whatever it was. Well, I'm just saying, you, you right now, Jason Momoa, there's like a he has a tiny little baby. He said something wrong in an interview. Scandal. He's going to go do a press tour again for his new show. How on earth if he says something dumb again? What like what is Tim Cook going to do? This is a brand that is well, so pristine. So you, this is not a theoretical scandal because I haven't heard of it. It's just a little baby. He said something dumb. It didn't. <laughs> He's Aquaman. He's Jason Momoa. <laughs> I thought the bigger thing he was when he – I thought the bigger issue with Jason Momoa is he came out and said – and this is not his fault. He was a script. He said the whole point of the what we were referencing earlier was that Apple didn't show off any of the TV yeah. shows. It had it brought these stars on stage and had them describe what the TV show might be like. And then Jason Momoa's show is about someone who's blind. Mm -hmm. So then he said, close your eyes and imagine – Yeah. and then went on to describe what you should imagine. But it was the same thing as watching in real life because there was nothing to see. Yeah. Anyway, yes, talent will That's cause amazing. problems. That's amazing. By for the way. Tim I, Cook, I want everyone to take yeah. a second and really ponder what Peter. It was said. good. Your, I mean, everyone kind of wins because it was he it was absolutely, and it was four or five speakers into it where you realized, oh shit, they're not going to show us anything. Yeah. Which again, to digress, I still He's don't know point. why they did this, but I do know that you probably can't get Steven Spielberg on stage multiple times a year. So this was your one time to have Steven Spielberg and yeah. Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon and Jason Momoa. Who's the next tier down with stars? But still, big, big, big yeah. stars. You'd think you'd want them to come out once with the show and yeah. really knock it. Well, so I, I think you made this point. I made this point. This was an upfront, right? That's what it felt like for a so minute. An upfront is when the networks get all the advertisers together, put on a big show at, at Radio City Music Hall yeah. over in New York, and say, "Here's our cool new shit. We're going to show you some of it." In some cases, they might even show you all of it just to show you how confident they are. And then we're going to have stars and singing and dancing, and there's some shrimp out back too when you're yeah. done. Please buy the ads. And Apple's response is, we don't have to do that. Because they're not selling any ads. Well, but they are. They do want you to pay something yeah. for this or at least subscribe to this in some way. The best argument I can think of is when this comes out in the fall, no one who's actually going to consume this stuff will remember that Apple had a weird-ass event, yeah. and they're either going to like the show or not, which may well be true. I just don't know why you would – and they can do press rollouts for each individual show. Yeah, still yeah, weird. I, I, but that, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're gonna you're gonna take your stars. You're gonna make them do press rollouts. They're gonna talk. What happens when one of them does something dumb? Because it always happens. Yep. Have they made that consideration? To me, is this is a brand that does not have scandals. That is a good question. I did not ask anyone at Apple about that. I've asked other people who've got, like, I we had Randall Stevenson on stage yeah. at, at uh, Code a couple of years ago. And it was Roseanne Barr had just done a mm -hmm. Roseanne Barr thing. And I said, now you're in the, you, you've been in the telco business and now you're going to be in the equivalent of the Roseanne Barr business. What are you going to do when someone does something equivalent? He said, oh, yeah, I got to deal with that, basically. I don't know if Tim Cook has thought that through. Yeah. That said, I mean, I think they're probably, you know, if you sort of look at, at who they've signed on, I imagine part of the explicit and implicit contract is you're yeah, going to behave so. yourself and not act out. And also, you're all grownups. We're not, we're not signing. We're, there's no Vice Land show. Yeah. Maybe right. there will be one day. All right. We got to take a break. We're going to listen to some ads. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about TV service. Okay. 
Support of The Vergecast comes from Shopify. Whether you're a huge company or a small crafter trying to make a buck off your hobby, selling online is one of the best ways to grow. Shopify is one of the top e-commerce platforms that you can use to get started. But it's not just online. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. And you can sell wherever, online or with their in-person point of sale system. You can also sell more with less effort with their AI-powered tool, Shopify Magic. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. You might recognize more brands who already use Shopify, like Rothy's, Brooklinen, Allbirds, and more. Millions of entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries rely on Shopify for their e-commerce needs. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash vergecast. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash vergecast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash vergecast. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. All right, we're back with Peter Kafka. So I'm, I'm putting forth what I'm referring to as the Go90 scale of Doom streaming services. Uh, the scale is Netflix to Go90. Go90, if you'll remember, is Verizon's obviously doomed streaming service, which it was just so bad, and they tried so hard. You guys had that video with, had, the, with the Verizon managers explaining that the kids would, would say Go90? Yeah. He said the word kids, too? The kids are going to Go90. It looked like, a, like, a, like you guys had made up the video. Ben Popper did that video yeah. for us, and he came back, and he was like, he actually said to me, we can't run all this because it'll be too mean. It was. It was. So it was the you clueless. had made the the sort of Verge video equivalent of the Steve Buscemi yeah. GIF. Actually, we should probably just run an ad's dead. <laughs> it's like it's, I have a friend who worked at Verizon. He's like, I got to put my kids in college, man. Like this thing's gonna ruin us. It was a great. You know, everyone gets mad about socialism. Yeah. But that is corporate socialism. They funded a lot of cool businesses. They gave us money. Yeah. Uh, they gave Jeffrey Katzenberg and DreamWorks lots of money. Yeah. It was good. No, I mean, uh, the Doom streaming service funding every, everyone chasing the money from the Doom streaming service that's overfunded is uh, it's just a part of our lives. Fantastic. Quibi. That's Quibi. Everyone wants that Quibi money. It's the same people who wanted the Go90 money. Nods. Yeah. So, okay. So, you got Netflix. Yeah. Obvious success. Yeah. yeah Go90 over here. Yeah. When you failed, you have gone 90. This yeah. is my scale. So, I'm putting <laughs> Quibi at like 85 degrees. You put, you're putting there at most, most uh, giving them a, a, nearly a full Nearly Go a full 90. 90. Yeah. Okay. All right. Where does Apple what degree is Apple? From zero to 90? Yeah. I, 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 I want to say, say four. No, they're not going to back away from this. They're going to yeah. they're gonna double down for a while. Um, again, a billion dollars is a lot of money. 
but not to Apple. Yeah. So they can keep trying this. I do think you probably have tapped into something where the reputationally, it's probably more more of a risk for Apple than anything else. The money doesn't really matter. Um, they're still in the iPhone business. Yes, if Jason Momoa did something really outrageous and then everyone else who worked for Apple did the same thing at the same time, I guess that's a problem. Yeah. Or maybe they got a social conscience or who knows what. Look, I think one of the 30 shows will be successful. In some way. Yeah. By the way, the Apple guys, when you talk to them about their their experience in video up to, to date, they will concede that Planet of the Apps, which was a miserable <laughs> failure, did not work. They will they will also insist Planet of the Apps went ninety. Yes, it went ninety. They will also insist that the uh, the James Corden uh, carpool karaoke yeah. thing is a big success. Right, you just made these great we should we should get a <laughs> gift of your face there. And they will point to the fact that it won an Emmy. They they bring this up repeatedly. Yeah. Lots okay. Of, lots of things get Emmys. Sure. Uh, the Verge. Then, the Verge has like two Emmys. Yeah. We got. There's like Emmy in the yeah. in the break room there. Yeah. Next to next to our Ellie. It's cool. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I hedged. It's at 45. I, I don't. The the question is, will it be a successful standalone service? No, I don't think it's a successful standalone service. It's going to be bundled in with something else. And if Apple can get credit for a cool show or something else that wins an Emmy. They'll probably pat themselves on the back. And if they can take that billion dollars and turn it into this much more server subscription bundle, that's probably a win for them too. They are not going to go head-to-head with Netflix. There's just no way that version of reality works. Yeah. And I, I don't think they're even going to go head-to-head with Amazon in that, in that sense. Mm-hmm. So why didn't they just make a goddamn TV? They would have actually been able to, I think, compete. They would have been able to do this sort of Ben Thompson aggregation theory. We own the interface, right? What do we talk about Apple News? They, they're in your pocket. So the smart person arguments about not making a TV are yeah. TVs are a terrible business, mm-hmm. right? There's yeah, no margin. Yeah. And then you buy one and it sits on your living room, whatever, stand for five years. But then you're monetizing with this service of yours forever at a reasonably high margin. Yeah. That, this is the argument for not making a TV before they were doing this huge services push made total sense to me. This is a product you buy once. They're never going to make any money. You're going to buy one show for ninety nine cents. Like yeah. this is this is stupid. You're you're going to buy some. You're going to buy Apple's hardware to run Netflix's service. Well, now they're they're trying to they're a cable company. Yeah, these I, plays actually do look more like Comcast, Verizon. I think the more nuanced argument is they made the TV. It's your phone. Yeah, and that has a high margin on it. And they're trying to figure out other things they can sell you, and one of them is going to be video. Yeah. So rather than chase this thing where you're trying to squeeze out a five-cent margin going up against Chinese manufacturers you've never heard of because they didn't exist three years ago. You've got this locked-in phone. It's great, super profitable. What else can you add to it? Yeah. Are they just are they just chasing the TV dragon because Steve Jobs said it in the book? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think they're, they're just looking for stuff to sell, right? Yeah. They like magazines too. <laughs> And if they can, if you know the the famous famously right, it needs to be a billion dollar business for them to care about it. Yeah, you know, I can see them making a billion dollar plus magazine business. You can definitely see them making multiple billions of dollars from TV. So the, the sort of media folks, a little, you know, some tremors. Apple News, this might be a thing. Should we get a badge? Should we not? What's the vibe from the TV side? The TV guys are happy that Apple's in the market. Yeah. Just like they're happy that Amazon's in the market and they're happy that Netflix is in the market and they're happy that Time Warner's in the market. Um, do they think that all those folks are going to be in the market forever? No, but they are happy to sell them stuff uh, in the near term. And then the big, I think, fundamental question for all for the Time Warner's, sorry, AT&T's, Disney Fox's, NBC Comcast is, do we want to be someone who makes shows 
and sells them to other people, which is what we've done forever and has been a very good business for us, and especially in the last five years or so, been a great business? Or do we want to be in the Netflix model where we have this direct-to-consumer thing that is now what everyone says they want to do? Mm -hmm. And my question is, in a couple of years after people have spent a lot of money trying to build their own services, are they going to go, this is stupid. Yeah. We should just make TV shows and movies. We're awesome at that. We're going to sell them to Netflix. I think some of them are still debating internally whether they should have done that or should do that. Um, and you might see the sort of the conventional wisdom tilt back at some point and say, we were really good at this one thing. Let's keep doing that. The idea of us building up our own streaming service, we don't know how to do that. And also, we're going up against people who are already way ahead of us. Let's hold off. Let's just make the thing. Yeah. And you've got major players in Disney Plus and Warner, Warner, whatever that thing is going to be right. happening. Right. But, you know, is Warner's real value that they are going to you – know, they, they think what they're going to do is take all this stuff, connect it to your phones and your phone line and your other services you're getting from them, and that's your direct-to-consumer thing, and they'll win that way. Maybe. Uh, Disney is going to argue that the sheer weight of their content is going to make you sign up. Maybe. There's also obviously just a finite number of things people are going to subscribe to. I think very obviously with sort of the, the YouTube paranoia in the world, Disney has a strong argument for parents out there. Pay us. It's safe. Yeah. And by the way, they can do their own bundle. They can, I think, will likely bundle this with Hulu, mm -hmm. right? So if you're already getting something from Hulu, you pay a very small amount to add the Disney service. That's going to seem appealing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have to get the Disney service. I don't have any choice. I'm required to get it. Yeah. You my kids. It's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Mine's not yet old enough, but I can tell. It's it's just, good, just go ahead and buy it. It's, yeah, it's just coming. I subscribe to anything anyway. Like, what choice do I really have? Does this look – just talking about this, this honestly feels like Apple's strategy is much more like AT&T's strategy than anybody else's. We own you. You're paying us some money. Yeah. Now we're just going to upsell you with other stuff. Yeah. Right? Or in, in very Amazon-y as you pointed out too, yeah. right? I mean the, the, the idea of the, hey, subscribe to HBO through us, that's what Amazon's been doing now quite mm -hmm. successfully for a couple of years. Yeah. I just I, – I get some strong cell phone carrier vibes off Apple. Yeah, or, an, or a, less, a less flattering way of saying it is we have a product – Growth is slowing, right? Mm -hmm. The Apple the Apple business is is much more robust than the AT and T uh, wireless business, but they're still yeah finite, right? They're still slowing. What else can we sell? Let's sell some more stuff. Yeah, I mean it's not bad. Yeah, it's a it's what they're paid to do. Yeah, it's pretty, just, and by the way, they're kind of good at it. Yeah, and again, they have massive scale, so they can be only kind of good and still be massively successful. It's I mean, not that, it's not inspiring. Mean, the thing I can continue to think about is their size distorts their own perception of how good their products are. The Siri. But by the numbers, Siri is a massive success. Right. By the experience, Siri is still Siri. Right, which they then, then sort of after years of insisting it's, it's, it's awesome, then eventually they go back and move everybody out and bring in new people. Um, I'll let you do the, the, the criminology of Apple and who yeah, works yeah, there. But all big businesses have that issue. All yeah. big organizations have that issue. How's the virtue doing? Virtue's doing great. How's Vox Media doing? Uh, Vox Media is doing great. How do you feel about Facebook? I don't have Facebook on my phone anymore. So you built you you are someone who who um, has spent a lot of time creating content specifically for other platforms for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. YouTube, Facebook, etc. When did you realize, hey, that's not going to work for us, or maybe is, is is it still working for you? In retrospect, I would have bet harder on YouTube faster. And there was, I think, when those conversations, every media company were really hard. Do yeah. you do you pay Brightcove? And run the thing on your own site, 
or do you just like take less money and go for audience on YouTube? This is a video player that most well, some of you know about, but yeah. But if, if, you, if you clicked on a Verge video for a long time, it was a Brightcove player. Yeah, I mean, on one on of the most tiresome player. arguments uh, in the history of this company was like, do we use Brightcove or do we use yeah. like super dumb? Yeah, no one cares. Um, I wish we had made the audience vote on YouTube faster, um, and I think you know we didn't, and so it goes, it's gone fine there. But that's where the audience is. That's where the ecosystem is. That's where the watching of our kind of videos happening. And that just happened organically. Yeah. Because it's the biggest video service in the world. It's the biggest. Yeah. It's like that's where they are. We should go there. We should figure out a business there that works for us. One thing that we're challenged by is that we won't do direct sponsorships. Like we're a journalistic organization. So like other YouTubers make a lot of money because they will like hold up the phone case. Here's a Samsung whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like this Samsung phone I'm reviewing is in someone else's case. You can buy that. Like we, we just won't do it. Um, so I, we have some more challenges, but like I totally respect the fact they do that. Make your money. You're mm-hmm. fine. The Facebook bet we made with Circuit Breaker, we made it. Do I wish we hadn't put any effort into Facebook ever in our lives? Of course I do. We made a tiny bet that people there would want gadgets. We like shaved off part of our brand to put it there. Medium worked. Circuit Breaker still exists. It's it as a label on our site. It's a permission slip to, for people to write silly things about gadgets. I think that's an important piece of what we do. Do I think that we could have all seen Facebook coming that it would never figure this out? I really, I, I honestly do. Yeah, like I, I just think Google is a company wants stuff. Like they want content. They have a lot of problems. They're an information ingestion organization, whereas Facebook is an advertising organization. Two more questions for you. Um, you you're, you guys started off as a gadget blog, right? Mm-hmm. The roots of this company are in, in gadget, really yeah. a gadget blog. Is that still the core of what you guys do? Sort of at your core, we, uh, there's a new whatever we want to tell you about whatever, or is that now sort of a, a vestigial part of, of your content? No, it's the heart of it. I think there are less things that are of massive interest. Right. That's sort of what I want to get to. Like if, if, if we're no longer excited about the new iPhone, right, and we just fundamentally aren't, yeah. where does that leave someone like, the, like the your, your company? Um, well, so people are still really excited about the new iPhone. They're yep. still really excited about the new Galaxy S10. Isn't the audience for like when you guys do a rollout thing like steadily decreasing? Uh, no, it's 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 very high but flat. Okay, <laughs> right. So it's like I think we've maxed out on. So when there's a new iPhone, whatever event, there's still a lot of people tuning in to learn about it, but that number's not growing anymore. Yeah, our joke from this last event was what people care about with Apple is new hardware, uh-huh. and so the credit card was the most popular yeah. thing because titanium it's a man piece of hardware. It's titanium. Um, so whenever Apple has new hardware. Massive audience, yeah. right? Whenever um, Samsung or Google has new products, massive audience. I think our mission with the gadget coverage in particular is to say, hey, there's still innovation in this world. It's still happening. So, like, I just wrote 1,500 words about a, a new universal remote control called the Kava. Yeah. Huge audience. Debuted me. on Code Media Stage. Debuted on the Code Media Stage. Got me super excited. People really love that. We write a lot about Chris Welch, our great news editor, and I love TV stuff. We write a lot about Dolby Vision and new TVs, and we have this running thesis that the best best fifteen dollars to $1,700 you can spend right now is not a new phone or a tablet or a laptop. It's a great Dolby Vision TV and a soundbar. That's like, it will immediately upgrade your life. Yeah. I think there's a lot of service to do in that world still. And there's still a big, hungry audience for that. Big, hungry audience. They're, they're not burnt out on this stuff. They don't have the ennui that people like you and I have, like, uh, you know, iPhone I don't have, and I battery. Like I, I think a lot of people read us for that escape. Uh-huh. So that, that's the core. It's not going anywhere. Um, and we're, you know, we're always trying to like make it better. We have a lot of great competition, particularly YouTubers are great gadget competition. We got to stay ahead of them. That's good. Makes us, makes us move fast. But then there's just, like the second element of what The Verge has always been, which is the idea that well, if you put a camera in everybody's hands, you're going to, you're going to necessarily change the culture. 
right? And so like this week at the Verge, Creators Week, and we're like, what's the, like Bloomberg and the Times and the Post, they all do really great Facebook policy coverage. We were the only people that cared about that for a, a while, right? They're all doing great Apple coverage. We're the only people that cared about that for a while. What are we going to do that they're not going to do? What's the fringe? And to me, it's, well, you got SoundCloud and Kickstarter, Instagram and YouTube and Patreon. You've got like these generation of platforms that have enabled these creators to use these like cheap tools. No one's paying attention to them. No one's doing the service for yeah, them. Yeah, that's super interesting. So for me, it's where we, of course, we're going to cover the gadgets. They're the thing that made the culture. We you have could, to, you we have to should, tell them you, what cameras and phones to Have use. you guys parked yourself at VidCon before? We, yeah, yeah. It's wild. Yeah. It's wild. So, you know, we this week we're like spinning it up. We're, we, got, we have a team of like five or six people who spend their time thinking about creators. We got a new, we got a new series about hardware startups and like the challenges they face. Like the gadget stuff is still there for us. We're just trying to connect it to this wider world of, oh, we actually created like a bunch of millionaires on YouTube. No, no one cares for them. Like no one, there's no journalism for yeah. them. Like let's let's do that. And it turns out when we do that journalism, they're also the mainstream audience. Like they're not a bunch of recode readers, right? They're not media executives. Like yeah, I I have, I have found that 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 uh, the recode audience for stories about YouTube creators is very small. Yeah. There's not a good crossover. Last question for you. Yeah. Uh, Verge is free. Almost everything that Vox Media publishes is free. We, I keep hearing Jim Bankoff saying we're going to start selling stuff. So I was in the audience at South by. Yeah. Bankoff was on stage. And he goes, we're doing this subscription thing. We'll start in a baby with Fox. And then obviously, you know, the Virgin Estimation. And my phone just like blows up. What are you going to sell him? Uh, I don't know. Is there going to be a paywall in front of Verge stuff? We are, we are not going to. Uh, I, I think Jim has said this too. I don't think our, our goal is to take things away from you. It's to add extra stuff. Or to make your experience better. Yeah. There's like a very specific way we can make the Verge experience better, but we got to figure out that that. By the way, I saw that Vox Media signed up with Scroll, which is a, basically a subscription ad blocker. So yeah, that's a thing. That's out there. I mean, it's it's a baby. Yeah, it's like we'll see what happens. All but, right, let's do round two. Yeah, another in a year. Oh yeah, in a year. Deal or maybe more. We'll see. Maybe more. We have to wait more than a year. Well, to come well back. if it goes ninety or not, <laughs> I'll just have I'll just do period. We should do periodic Collins on each other's show. Yeah, to do the Go Ninety scale of streaming services. All right, done. It's a All recurring right. segment. Handshake. Deal. Thank you so much, Peter. Thanks. All right, well, that was Peter Kafka. You can listen to his show, Recode Media. It's great. I listen to it every week. Talks to the smartest people in media about what they're doing. Does not pull any punches. Super fun to have him on. You might notice he didn't pull any punches with me at the end there. So just a taste. And we're colleagues. We got the regular Vergecast coming up on Friday. Lots going on. And then next week on the interview episode, I've been trying to get this interview for so long. I'm so excited. We have Jaron Lanier, who has written tons of books. Uh, most importantly, to me anyway, is You Are Not a Gadget, which came out in 2010. Really influenced a lot about how we think of The Verge. He's a pioneer in VR. He's a fellow at Microsoft now. We got into it about the state of technology, about prediction mechanisms, about how people are going to get paid making stuff for these platforms. It was wild. So that's coming next Tuesday. Check it out. We'll see you soon. Bye.